if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those, whether you've got a physical one that you brought with you, or got your device, your phone, tablet, whatever you have, uh, head over to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to be camped out this morning for most of our time together. And as Scott uh, to- told us and reminded us, today is several types of, of uh, holidays and recognitions and all sorts of stuff. Uh, Halloween, Reformation Day, all these things that are happening in the month of October. And specifically today, uh, and as we'll look at tonight for our trunk retreat, today is a big day uh, for a lot of young kids in America. Halloween. This is the day where it's socially acceptable and the day and week, and kind of the week ahead to eat candy really for lunch, breakfast, dinner. I mean, every meal, kids are going to be eating candy uh, all this week, and it's probably a holiday that kids look forward to. I would say second most after Christmas. And so uh, tonight we'll get to sugar up all these kids and send them back home with you. And you can deal with that once you get back home. And, and all you teachers tomorrow at school, y'all get to deal with it as well. Leslie's shaking her head at me. She knows. And so uh, as I was thinking about Halloween today and just all the excitement that comes around it, candy and, and all the things that come along, one of the most important things for kids around Halloween is to figure out their costume. Right, And tonight I'm excited to see uh, all the ha- costumes that will come our way through the trunk or treat tonight and all just the creativity uh, that people have with costumes. And one of the most important things when you're deciding on a costume, maybe your costume involves a mask. Whatever you may be dressing up as, several uh, costumes you know, might involve masks. I wish I could have found the picture. I don't have it. When I was a kid, I dressed up as Yoda from Star Wars. I tried to find the picture, and I couldn't find it, and I had a full-on like Yoda mask, and I looked like that little green guy from Star Wars. And some of those kids tonight may be wearing masks, and it's really important for them. That kind of pulls the whole costume together if you have a mask. And I was thinking this week, as I was looking at our text for this morning, I was thinking about sometimes those Halloween masks and how, you know, those are really fun to dress up and kind of get disguised and all that kind of thing. I started to think about some of the masks that we wear past Halloween. Some of the masks that we wear past Halloween, past all these holidays... And I'm not talking about costume masks. I'm not talking about masks that we've been wearing during COVID. I'm talking about masks that disguise who we truly are. I'm talking about the masks and the things that we have come to believe about ourselves that simply, as God's children, are not true. And I think some of us, some believers, have become really good at putting on masks, disguising who we truly are, and leaving them on. And when we keep on masks that that disguise who we really are, we begin to forget who we are. As believers, as Christians, those who can now say they have been adopted into God's family. Those who could say that we are children of God. And that's what I want us to look at this morning. We're going to be looking at some of the masks that we wear and how we should throw them away, throwing them away and stepping into who we truly are 
as believers. Right? And so the, I want to take us uh, three ways, three points this morning, just to give you a preview of kind of where we're headed. The masks we wear keep us attached to our old self. The masks we wear hide our identity as those created in God's image. And the masks we wear prevent intimacy with God and hinder our spiritual growth. That's where we're headed uh, today in our time together. So as I said, we'll be in Ephesians chapter 4. That's where we'll be camped out. And just to give it to set the scene a little bit, Paul here is writing to the churches in Ephesus uh, around A.D. 60-62 while he is imprisoned in Rome. If we want to give us some context of where that is, about you can place it about 30 years past Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. All right, so that's where we are time-wise. And the book of Ephesians has uh, several main themes, but the ones that we're really going to focus on this morning together is that Christ has redeemed all of creation to Himself. And Christians are called to live as new creations. That's what we're going to be focusing on together this morning as we look at our text. So go to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be starting in verse 17, reading through verse 24. Scripture says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way that you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, and true righteousness and holiness. Thanks be to God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we're thankful again for this morning and the time that we have together. God, I pray as we open up your text, God, and see what you have handed down to us, God, I pray that you would just open our hearts, God. Open our ears to what you would have to say to us through the working of the Holy Spirit on our lives. It's in your Son's holy name we pray. Amen. All right, so the first, like I said, the first point that I want us to look at through this text is that the masks we wear keep us attached to the old self. The masks we wear keep us attached to the old self. In this section of text, Paul is exhorting the believers of the Ephesian church to leave behind their former way of life. The former way of life that they knew as non-believers. And, and he contrasts the, the new way of life that they are, uh, to, they are called to walk in with the way of life that they previously lived. The, the, the way of life that they previously lived, the way that the Gentiles do still live, and the way that they walk in. And Paul describes this way of life several different ways. We can look at it together. Look in verse 18. He, he talks about this several ways. They are darkened in their understanding. A, thus they are alienated from life of God due to ignorance. Right? We see, uh, again, if we keep going... 
the, the, the Gentiles, have be, their hearts have become hard. They have a hardness of heart there at the end of verse 18. That word for hardening there in the original Greek is the word porosis. You might recognize that word where, where we get the word porous, right? And, and when it talks about the hardness of heart, that word porosis originally meant a stone that was harder than marble. Okay, if, if you think about marble and how strong and sturdy that stone is, that's, that's the, the, the image that Paul is using as he describes the Gentile hearts. Their, their hearts have become hard towards God. If you keep going in verse 19, they have become callous and they have given themselves up uh, over to their sinful desires, sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity we see Paul is describing the old self. The self that, that, that characterized the life before these believers came to know Christ. And then Paul kind of flips the script here in verse 20. Just automatically he says, but that is not the way you learned Christ. That is not who you are anymore. You are not... That, that, you, that, that is not... You, that is not characteristic of the life that you live anymore. Now that you have Christ, now that you have been adopted into His family, we see that Paul is calling the Ephesian believers and us to walk in a new life. To put on uh, the new self. A new way of living that honors and glorifies Christ. But I think... And this is where I'm going this morning, that some of us are still wearing masks from our old self. I think some of us have truly yet to take off the masks that have characterized us when we were non-believers. I think some people, a lot of Christians, and maybe some of us in this room this morning, are living a double life. We can put on a real good image and a real good show on the outside for everybody. We can look like we have it all together. We can put that mask on. But underneath that mask, we're suffocating from living the burden of this double life. Underneath the mask, we're still slaves to the old self. We are still slaves to the former way of life. And here Paul is just pleading with the Ephesians. He's pleading with them, that is not who you are anymore. You are not the old self. You are to take that off. You are to put it off and put on the new self. Paul here, I feel as if he's just pleading with us. With everything in him, writing from prison. Put off the old self. Put off the old desires that characterized you before you were a believer. Real quick, go over with me to the book of Romans. Flip back just a, just a little bit to the book of Romans. Go to Romans chapter 6. The, the, where we are in Ephesians, a lot of uh, people say, a lot of commentators say, it's really a summarization of Romans 5-8. through 8 is what we're seeing. And, and Paul is really, again, kind of uh, summarizing what he says in Romans 5 through 8. So go to Romans chapter 6. 
And again, in Romans chapter 6, we see a lot of the same language that Paul is using in our text in Romans cha- and, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 4. So just look in verse 1 of Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were buried therefore with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. And then look, verse 6, the same language. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Again, Paul is ex- just giving this exhortation to the Ephesians, to us. That is not who you are anymore. Put off the old self. Put off the old ways of sin. Take off The mask. It's time for us, some of us, to take off the mask. Why don't some of us want to take off the mask? What is is so hard sometimes about taking off this mask, of showing that maybe we're struggling with something? I think it's because when we take off the mask, we have to show that we don't actually have it all together. We have to be vulnerable. And I think that's scary for a lot of us. But for us, when we take off the mask, we have to show maybe we're still struggling and we have to show we need help. And that's what being a part of a community of believers is about. That's the beauty of the local church. Is being able to take off the mask and not being put down and condemned, but having a group of believers to come alongside you and to say it's okay. It's okay. We're here. We're, we're with you. We're going to pick you up and we're going to walk through this with you. So what do we do about it? In way of application, how do, we, how do we get rid of this mask? I simply just said, throw away the mask that keep you attached to your old self. Throw away the mask that keeps you attached to your old self. Some of us this morning are still attached to our old self. Some of us are trying to keep on a mask that covers up how we're attached to the old self. And it's killing us. And it is, you are suffocating underneath the weight of living this double life. Throwing away this mask, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. If that's where you find yourself this morning, it may be difficult. It may look like confessing sin. It may look like opening up to a trusted fellow brother or sister in Christ and say, I'm struggling. I need help. But this morning, in this way, I want to encourage you with this. You are not your former way of life. I mean, if you are a believer here this morning, your new identity, your true identity is a beloved child of God. And that leads me into my second point. The first one, like we said, the masks we wear keep us attached to the old self. 
Second point, the masks we wear hide our identity as those created in God's image. The masks we wear hide our identity as those created in God's image. As Paul exhorts the believers in Ephesus here to cast off the old self, again, we see he exhorts them to, encourages them to put on the new self. Paul moves from explaining who they were to who they are now. And the new self is the one that casts off the old ways of sin and steps into the new life of righteousness and holiness. We see there in verse 24. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, the new self is one that's characterized of righteousness and holiness. And we see the new self is rooted in the image and likeness of God. There in verse 24. I mean, we can look back, Casey read it just earlier in our service, back in Genesis chapter 1. The creation account when, when God created humankind. Paul reinforces that here with the, with the belief that we are created in the Imago Dei, the image of God. And it's amazing to look at, just to recall on this, the, the pinnacle of creation. The very tip-top of what God does in those six days comes on that, on that last day when He looks down at the humans that He has created. And what does He say? He says, it is very good. Very good. It's, and it's amazing when we open the book of Genesis. When you go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the first thing we learn about God is that He is a creator. He is a creative God. And we see Him form and fashion the entire universe and this planet that we inhabit. He creates it all. And the pinnacle of that creation is us. Amen. Is me and you. We are His prized possession. But I think some of the masks we wear have started to hide that from ourselves. I think as we move into this, this point, I think some of the masks we wear, some of the things we have come to believe about ourselves are hiding our identity as Christ followers, created and loved in the image of God. How do we come to the point to where we have forgotten the infinite worth that we have as God's children, created in His likeness? And I believe this comes from believing Satan's lies about ourselves, that he likes to whisper in our ear over and over and over again. I've said this before, Satan is really good at getting us to believe lies about ourselves that aren't true. And some of us this morning have been caught up in the lies that Satan has been telling us about ourselves, and we have come to believe them as true. What are some of these lies? What are some of the lies that Satan tells us? I wrote down a few that I thought of this week. Maybe, maybe Satan's been saying, but God's so disappointed in you. God's so fed up with you. He, he, he's, he's just not even, he doesn't even care anymore. He, he's just so disappointed in you and how you've messed up. Maybe Satan's been saying, well, you're too far gone. 
God would never forgive you for that. Maybe he's saying, God really doesn't care. God's not there. He's not listening anymore. Maybe he's telling you, you are all by yourself. God's not even here anymore. Maybe Satan's telling you, well, God's left you all by yourself. And each of these lies that Satan whispers to us, anytime we believe them, anytime we take them to be true upon ourselves, we are putting on a mask that is covering our true identity as God's beloved children. And I'm saying this this morning to encourage you to step into, to recognize, maybe re-recognize who you are as God's children. So how do we... How do we deal with this mask that hides our identity as those created in God's image? I simply said, just in way of application, combat the lies of Satan with the truth of Scripture. Combat the lies of Satan with the truths of Scripture. So let's do that. Let me go back to these lies that I was just ta- telling us about. How about the lie, God's so disappointed in you. God's fed up with you. The Bible has something different to say. Psalm 149.4 For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. He adorns the humble with salvation. How about the lie that Satan says, well, you're too gone, too far gone. God would never forgive you of that. How about 1 John 1.9? You know this one. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What about Satan saying, well, God really doesn't care about you. How about 1 Peter 5, 7? Cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. How about Satan saying, well, God's not even listening to you anymore. He's, he's shut His ear off. 1 John five fourteen, And this is the confidence that we have towards Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Amen. And then what about this one? You're all alone. God's... He's gone. He's not even here with you. One of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, maybe yours too, Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For what? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Church, it's time to stop believing the lies of Satan. How many of us are being held back from what God wants us to walk in, the freedom that we have as God's children, because we are still believing Satan's lies? Church, let's step into the new self this morning. One who is created in the image of God and loved infinitely by Him. And that takes me to third and final point. The mask we wear prevent int- intimacy with God and hinder our spiritual growth. The mask we wear prevent intimacy with God and hinder our spiritual growth. When we look back at our text this morning at the end of verse 24, we see the new self that we just saw that's made in the likeness of God, in the image of God, is characterized by righteousness and holiness. As one puts on the new self, they are to be characterized by true righteousness and holiness. Authentic righteousness. Authentic holiness. 
How does one characterize this righteousness and this holiness? I like how one commentator said it this way about righteousness. He said, righteousness is a dynamic expression of newness of life. The righteousness that God calls us to is one that is characteristic of our new life in Christ. Righteousness, we are to mirror the true righteousness that is found in God. What about holiness? What does it look like to embody true holiness? I use a simple definition for holiness with our students. When we talk about holiness, I use a two-word definition for holiness. It's easy to remember. Set apart. When we are called to embody holiness, true holiness, we are called to be set apart. We are to cut ourselves off from that which is unclean. We are to cut ourselves off from that which is uncharacteristic of our Father. And when we look at this discussion of putting on the new self, if we don't take off the masks that we wear and put on the new self, how are we to grow spiritually? How are we to grow with Christ? How are we to grow closer to Christ? If we continue in sin and unrighteousness, how are we to grow in righteousness and holiness? I'll tell you a secret. We can't. If we as God's children continue in sin and unrighteousness, we can't expect to grow in holiness. We can't continually chase sin and the things of God at the same time. It's, it's incompatible. It doesn't work. To grow in righteousness and to grow in true holiness, we must do what Paul tells us. Cast off the old self, the one enslaved by sin and earthly desires, and put on the new self, the one created in the image of God in true righteousness and holiness. So what do we do about it? In way of application for this third point, I just said today, commit today to growing in the righteousness and holiness of God. Commit today to growing in the righteousness and holiness of God. This morning, some of us may need to get on our knees to come before the feet of Jesus and commit to growing in holiness and righteousness this morning. Some of us may need to repent of sin in our lives. What does it mean to repent? I'll, I mean, another simple definition I give our students is to do a complete 180 if we want a simple definition of what it is to repent. I'm going this way, so now I'm going to stop, turn, and go the other way. I'm going towards sin. I recognize that that's not right anymore. I'm going to turn away and go this way. I'm going to run back towards God. And you know what's great about that, though? God's not standing over here with His arms crossed, looking at you, shaking His head like, I can't believe you, coming back to me. No. No. That's the exact opposite. God's got His arms wide, back, wide open, welcoming His children to run back into His arms. And the good news of that this morning is this. 
God's a much better Savior than you are a sinner. God's a much better Savior than you are a sinner this morning. And so in summary, one, the masks we wear keep us attached to the old self. The masks we wear hide our identity as those created in God's image. And the masks we wear prevent intimacy with Christ and hinder our spiritual growth. You know, over the last, I guess it's almost been two years now, we've been wearing a lot of masks, and now I'm talking about the physical ones, right? The, the ones for COVID. It's not a political statement or anything like that. It's just fact, right? We've been wearing a lot of masks. I have too. And in a sense, at one point I got pretty comfortable with that mask on. I bought one that was comfortable because I knew I was going to have to wear it, you know, when I went out or things like that. And so I got pretty comfortable with it. I got used to wearing it, right? And it, that's just what it was, right? I got used to wearing it. I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it at all. But this morning, I'm afraid that some of us are too comfortable with the masks that we're wearing. And I'm not talking about physical COVID masks. Uh, some of us have been wearing a mask for way too long that now has become our identity. It's something that we have believed to be true about ourselves this morning. So as we close this morning, just bow your heads with me for just a few moments and then we'll be done. This morning I want each of us to consider, in some sense, ask yourself this question, what mask have I been wearing as of late? What have I begun to believe from Satan that, is, that I've believed to be true about myself? Maybe it's some of those lies I was talking about earlier. Maybe it's the lie that, man, I've, I've come to believe God's just disappointed in me. I've come to believe that God's just fed up with me. Maybe I've come to believe that God really doesn't care about me all that much anymore. Maybe I've come to believe that God's not listening to me anymore. Maybe I've come to believe that I am all alone. And God's not even here anymore. Church, this morning, I just want to encourage you that all of that, all of those lies, and probably the one you're believing about yourself this morning, are not true. The truth is, as we talked about earlier, you are created in the image of God, beloved by your Creator. He looks down at you, and this morning, if you're a believer, He looks down at you, and He doesn't see sin. He doesn't see all the things maybe where you've messed up this week. If you're a believer this morning, He looks down at you and He says, My child, the one that I love. I want you to rest in that this morning. But if you're not a believer this morning, if you haven't trusted in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, 
there's a truth this morning that is true. It's that you are not a believer. You are not one who has been washed by the blood that was shed on the cross by Christ. And this morning, and if you're not a believer this morning, that's, I want nothing more for you than that this morning. To trust in that death and that burial and resurrection of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Because the truth of the matter is that, man, we can't do it ourselves. We can't be good enough, even though we try on our own. We are only redeemed. We are only seen as righteous when we trust in the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And we know that truth of Scripture that we read this morning. We see if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from that unrighteousness. And so if that's you this morning, I would want nothing more to lead you in that. We're going to have a time of response here in a few minutes. Nathan and the worship team are going to come and, and play a song for us. If you... If that was, is you this morning, I'll be standing down here in the front for a few minutes. Man, I would love to speak with you. Maybe this morning, you just need some time to come before the Father and bow at His feet and honestly repent. To say, God, I have, I have come to believe these things to be true about myself that I realize are not. Maybe you need to come and kneel here. That's not awkward. It's not weird. That's what this was made for. Maybe you need somebody to pray with you. I would be honored to do that as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I'm thankful for these brothers and sisters that are here this morning. God, I'm thankful for Your Word. God, I'm thankful for Your Word that tells us that You are faithful to cleanse us of our sins and all unrighteousness. God, I'm thankful that in You we find salvation. And God, for each and every person in this room this morning, for each and every believer in this room this morning, I pray that You would impress upon us the truth that we are created in the image of You. God, that in You we have infinite worth. God, that on that sixth day of creation You looked down at us as the pinnacle of all that You have created. And You said, wow, it is very good. God, this morning I pray that You would impress that truth upon each of our hearts. God, we love You. We praise You. In your son's name we pray. Amen.